Hey guys, it is Daniel here with one quick announcement. Um, there are some noise issues that we were having with this episode. Things were ducking out. There was a loud banging noise for something. I don't really know what that is, but we will check it out for our next episode. So super sorry about that, but we do hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the Angsty Christian Podcast. This is your deconstruction daddy. Sorry, I forgot for a moment what I was called. Uh, <laughs> you forgot which one you were? Yeah, I call us a depression daddy. Um, <laughs> that's my title. Yeah, that, that's your title. Um, so, fun fact about me. Um, as of the day of this recording, um, yesterday, uh, which was July 31st, um, I made it to the editorial feed on Unsplash for some photos that I took. Um, which means that like when you go on to Unsplash, if you don't know what Unsplash is, it's like a, a photographers will post up their photographs and people can use them for free, uh, license free for stock images, but you can also like hire people through there. Um, and so the editorial feed is like you go on to Unsplash and it's like all the, it's their feed immediately on there. So I had like four, five pictures on there, which is, which is pretty cool. And I got like 1 million views. One million? Yeah. One big M? Yeah, one big M. Holy shit. Yeah, now I'm trying to get to one million downloads, because that, that that would be cool. That would be pretty cool. But uh, hey, one million views ain't that bad. No, it's not. It was pretty dope. That is real dope. Well, hello everyone. I'm the guy on the other side of the room. Uh, your depression daddy, Jake. Uh, fun fact about uh, me this week is that, uh, well, I'm actually starting to... Get ready to go to school. That's right. I haven't been to school since high school, so I thought might as well torture myself some more. But this time it's gonna be fun torture, just like how I'm depressed. But it's more like I'm depressed, but uh -huh. with dinosaurs and lasers. Haha! <laughs> <laughs> I'm so random. Haha! <laughs> <laughs> Quirky and random. Anyway, waffles. <laughs> waffles. <laughs> no, no, no. If you're quirky and random, then you have to throw in potato somewhere in the sentence i was gonna say potato next okay good because everyone knows that the quirkiest and randomest thing that you can say is potato because everyone else says potato that's right you're not random you're another sheep you're another <laughs> you're another cog in the machine you're you, a potato sheep you're a potato sheep you are poutine <laughs> anyway so yeah i'm going back to school I'm going to film school it'll be fun Gonna get my AA, which is A. A. Nice. <laughs> well, um, let's do a quick uh guy guy tip pro pro guy tip right? <laughs> pro tip for um, guys yeah pro tip for guys. So here's my pro tip: if you are part of um if you if you are if you are a, a male, identify as a male listening to this podcast right now. Um, go to therapy. Hell yeah. Stop being a fucking idiot. And go work on your fucking emotional healthiness. Like, mm -hmm. god damn it. Stop with the toxic masculinity bullshit. And be like, oh, I have to suppress my feelings. I can't cry. I can't... Fucking go to therapy, bro. I did it. it, it you know, it was helpful. It kind of fucking sucked. I will, I'll be real at parts. My therapist was rough. But it was good. Rough love from a therapist. It was. That's what we all need. It was. No, it was good. I mean, it's because of him that I, like, left the last church that I was in. Because he... He's like, bro, you're burnt out, you're cynical, that ain't fucking cool. And I was like, alright, yeah, you're right. And he told me a lot of other shit, that was, that was helpful. 
and gave me the tools to where now I'm like, hey, for now, I don't need therapy <laughs> because I have the tools necessary. Will I go back one day? Probably. So you should go to fucking therapy. Do it. I know I need therapy. I, I'm just... Yeah, hesitant, so... Just fucking go to therapy, Jake. <laughs> I will! So here, here's the extra pro tip. When you are going to therapy, you may have to therapist shop for a little bit. Mm. Just like if you're someone who's trying to find a church, because a lot of churches fucking suck, so do a lot of therapists. And so sometimes you gotta shop around, sometimes you gotta look around, sometimes you gotta get to a place that feels good. And unlike the church, um, <laughs> there is a therapist out there for you. Mm. For the church... There likely is. I, I'm not going to say no, but I know right. for some people are like, there's no good church out there for me. Um, well, maybe maybe not around you. Yeah. I don't know, but I'm not also here to tell people to go to fucking church because I don't give a shit. Maybe you need to go to that one church in North Korea where they had that whole helicopter display and whatnot that you were talking you about. You mean South Korea? Yeah. Oh, South Korea. Yeah, there's no churches in North Korea. Did I say North Korea? Yeah. Hold on. Let me just... Yeah. I'm going to go bang my head against a wall yeah. and think... And I'll see if that restarts my brain. Yeah, I mean, you can... He is rolling. Oh, he just shook the wall. Wow. Yeah, he, he did it. He hit it. I don't know if, I don't know if that was heard. I brain reset. Yeah, anyways, the place is called... <laughs> uh, if, if, you're in, if you're in South Korea, it's called Fun Church. I don't know if the preaching was good or anything, but I know that the guy came down on a helicopter ladder... And they filmed on a helicopter and shit. It was it was pretty intense. I had no clue what was going on. It was like a K drama. It was insane. <laughs> Last week at church. I honestly think that that's what they did. Imagine if we did that at churches. Last week at church, Jesus died on the cross. Is he gonna come back? I don't know. Did Peter uh, fuck himself over by denying Christ three times? Yes. Did Thomas ever stop doubting? No. Stay tuned for the next episode of Christian Ball Z. Oh, wait, no. Purity Ball Z. Anyone else notice that after Judas killed himself, no one really talked about it? No one really <laughs> sat down and had the time to unpack it? No? Just me? Okay. I mean, well, the apostles did. They had like, I mean, a whole <laughs> meeting, but it was mostly like, hey, we're missing this dude. Uh, <laughs> we, we, need, we need another one to replace the guy that just beefed it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but I don't know, maybe maybe there was time that they talked about it. They just was like, this is a bit too intimate. I don't fucking know. It was like, I mean, I would I, I don't know if that, I would want that to be written. I mean, when, when Jesus killed himself, it was like, he buried himself at this place, which is this historical significance and this prophecy or whatever. But yeah. it's also like, your homie... Not only just betrayed his, like one of his best friends, but he also then just killed himself over the guilt. Y'all, y'all, he y'all, fucking beefed it. Y'all good? Yeah. Are are y'all good? And and apparently they were. I guess. Should we just jump in? <laughs> I, I guess. I guess we should. Just yeah. Jump into this week's bullshit. Yeah. This is one of my favorite topics to talk about, and Jake and I are just going to kind of talk about it. So, Jake, if you, 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 so the, so when I left that that church, right? Jake, Jake was there. I gave a, I ironically, so I I had helped them come up with a series uh, based off of Peter Scazzaro's book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, right? Mm-hmm. And at first, they weren't going to let me preach. Why? Church politics. Um, they won't ever say that, but it was fucking church politics. Yep. Um, and, 
I uh, was like, well, that's fucking stupid. And then later on, the pastor apologized because he straight up told me, no, during a staff meeting. It was kind of, it was actually kind of rude. I was like, all right, <laughs> talking about emotionally healthy spirituality here. Um, and uh, in, in, he texted me afterwards, apologized, and said he would like me to preach. And so he's like, choose a chapter. I was like, well, you know what chapter I really like? The Wall, which is not Donald Trump's wall, but it's a chapter on... Wall. It's a chapter on The Dark Night of the Soul, uh, which we've alluded to, I think, a few times on here. So I chose that, and it ended up being... Um, like I chose this like months prior, and then by the time that I realized, oh, I'm super unhappy here, I'm cynical, I am burnt out... And I now have a full-time job and can't get this day off for work anyways that I need to get off. So I, you know, quit and left the, the church. And the la- my last day just so happened to be the same day that I was preaching on the dark night of the soul. Uh, which is pretty ironic because what, what a way to leave on, right? And I gave a sermon. And it, I guess it was long. But the only criticism I got from people was that it was long. But everyone else who was there, some of which have never not been in church in like months, if not years, mm. um, people who normally fall asleep, like I think, Me. yeah, you, <laughs> who like who all came up afterwards, and like wow, that was good. Like they were actually engaged and enjoyed it and learned something instead of the pastors before that who. Well, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> and they were the only two people who said it was long. That was their only criticism. Yep. So. Anyways, we're going to talk today on the Dark Knight of the Soul. Dark Knight of the Soul. Not like Batman, Dark Knight. Uh, This actually precedes (laughs) Batman. Uh, And so it's not K-N-I-G-H-T, it's N-I-G-H-T. The term was coined by this guy named St. John of the Cross. Mm -hmm. Um, You can buy a book out there. I think I have it in in my cart. I haven't bought it. I would like to. Uh, but it's like a big kind of like poem kind of thing. Um, but, uh, there are certain things from his, uh, from his book that I enjoy, like some, some, um, some quotes or whatever. Like one of them actually inspired one of the tattoos that I have that says like in the dark night of the soul, bright flows the river of God, mm-hmm. which is a beautiful thing. So it's like, so you're supposed to have this idea. Where um, it's it's a dark night, you know. You're going like if, imagine if you get stranded in in the middle of nowhere and you're kind of wandering through a wilderness kind of thing, um, and it's just dark. You can't see anything. Mm-hmm. And this quote is kind of like you know, but eventually you start to hear water nearby. So you go to where the water is because if you can find water, you can likely find civilization because most civilizations are built around water. And so you start find you find this water, and it's in the water that the moonlight reflects off of it. And it's, and it's probably going to be the brightest thing in the area, right? Yeah. And so it's like bright flows the river of God in the dark night of the soul. Because in the dark night, although there's just darkness surrounding you, like there is a leading path. Like hopefully, eventually, at some point, there's a leading path. And Peter Scazzero uses the analogy of a wall. Wait, can you say that name again? Scazzero. <laughs> Scazzero. 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 Yeah, he's, uh, he's a pretty cool dude uh, from what I hear. But he has this really great book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality um, that actually is really great and it's talking about how it's important to, uh, you know, get your emotional shit, go to therapy, like fucking process your traumas and all that other stuff because it's going to impact how you, how your spiritual life is. That's right. Go to therapy, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfuckers. <laughs> um, but it's true because, I mean, you know, I we talk a lot about dualism. Um, or at least I do in my personal life, which dualism is this idea, you know, that we are all, like, we are a spiritual, 
like there's the spirit and there's a the physical, there's the um, emotional, mental, whatever, you know, you like you have all these different avenues to your life, but uh, the, uh, the ancient world, especially Jewish culture, um, did not believe in dualism. I actually believe that we were all just one united being. We are a spiritual, physical, emotional, mental being. There is no separation, but in fact that they all play into each other. Um, but it was Greek and Roman, uh, it was a Greco-Roman idea to be able to separate them because that's a lot of what Plato and Socrates kind of talked about was this idea of dualism. And so for all y'all who, uh, well, most, I, I feel like most people don't understand like how much Christianity has been influenced by Greco-Roman like ideologies because, I mean, I was reading, uh, Richard Rohr this morning and he, he was stating even that, like, a lot of Catholicism, most people don't recognize how much of Catholicism was heavily influenced by its Roman uh, side, you know, because it's Roman Catholicism. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the theology or doctrines or stuff was mm -hmm. influenced by Rome, which Rome was kind of always an antithesis to a lot of Christianity. And if you look at uh, Revelation, he actually understand what apocalyptic literature is which we'll get to that one day but uh the whole the whole point of apocalyptic literature is that it's supposed to be about a um it, it's it's a type of letter or what have you that was written for people who were going through some type of persecution and it was typically to invoke hope so revelation is a is a was a book or letter written to the early church who was literally being killed because of their faith and their alignment with jesus uh, by the hands of Rome, and so it's taught like so it talks about Babylon because that was one of their biggest captors. So it talks about the fall of Babylon, which is supposed to equate to the fall of Rome. Um, but and the rise of New Jerusalem wasn't like a physical reality, uh, but kind of like a in the next age there will be no more of these Roman whatever. It's going to be New Jerusalem, right? So it's like it's a it's so anyways. I just find it interesting that a lot of what we have is from Greek and Roman stuff, uh, which is why I don't really buy it. So, Peter Scazzero is really pushing in his book to be able to combine combine them. And he um, talks, he uses the stages of faith, which we talked about in one of our previous episodes, um, to uh, talk about like what the the wall can look like and so if you picture yourself like think of i think of um what is it like either the great wall of china mm -hmm. or i think of like the wall from game of thrones you know the big giant ice wall that thing or or that that wall that's based off of the wall of china <laughs> that what what the fuck it had like matt damon in it I have no clue what you're talking about. There was this entire movie matt damon is stuck in a wall matt damon no it was like it was like the great. I think the movie's called the Great Wall, and but it was based on some bullshit that on the other side of the wall there's a bunch of like kaiju esque monster bullshit that's oh, so trying to get over. Movie. And so, the wall's the last line of defense for the entire fucking world, or just China. I don't know, man. So it's just China, but they have a white man playing a Chinese man, and they talk about and the kaiju are actually supposed to be Mongolians. That's why it was built. Yep. Okay. Yeah. No, that's it. It's a, it's, a, it's it's literally whitewashing the Great Wall of fucking China. <laughs> how, how how do you fuck that up? That's so ridiculous. Um, 
But no, so I, I think of really the... I, so in my head, I, I, I picture more of like the wall... Was it the wall of Westeros or whatever? Anyways, the wall in Game of Thrones. It's been a while since I've watched it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, the, the north the north side, where it's like this really thick wall of ice. But imagine, like, you know, you it takes a long time to kind of get through or whatever. So he, he, he talks about how, like, um, all of this... Like, you can't necessarily dig under... I mean, you can dig all under the wall of Westeros. But um, he said, like, you can't really dig around. You can't really go over it. You can't necessarily go around it because it's a giant-ass wall. You kind of have to just go through it, right? But it's hard. It's not It's not something that is easy to go through. You kind of slowly make your way little by little until you're able to finally reach the end of it. And then oftentimes, once you reach the end of it, there's another one on the other side, right? And so it's this, it's this analogy saying that there are many walls in our lives, there are many dark nights of the soul in our lives, or whatever. So, um, we're as we kind of unpack that idea, uh, I want to preface this by saying, like, you know, we talk a lot about deconstruction, and I'm more and more convinced as I read, as I study, meditate, whatever the fuck you want to say, um, as I do my life, I've I think I've really come like been aware that deconstruction and the dark night of the soul aren't like I, I think I said before the dark night of the soul leads to deconstruction I don't know if I buy that I think the dark night of the soul and deconstruction are very much one in the same where we find ourselves eventually at this place uh, for many of us um, where for whatever reason the things that used to satisfy us within the church Christianity whatever no longer do our faith no longer feels like it's there. We no longer are able to feel like we're as connected to God for whatever reason. Or maybe he's not answering our prayers. Or maybe we just realize he's never really answered our prayers. Or we never really felt him listen to us. Or maybe a lot of our faith was based on emotions instead of a little bit of logic and emotions and experience and all that stuff. But it was just emotional responses to experiences. And so we begin to realize that's not what I believe. Like I want to make sure I believe something before I jump into it. And so you begin to deconstruct what you believed, or you have that epistemological rupture, or the rupture of everything that you thought to be true. I don't know why, but epistemological rupture just sounds like uh, something that happens to your butt, and not a good thing either. (laughs) I mean... I ruptured my epistemologic! You mean your epistemology? I, I ruptured my epistemology. Oh, man, is that the name of this episode? <laughs> Oops, I ruptured my epistemology. Oops. Oops, my epistemology ruptured. That, that, that's it. I think of more like an appendix, you know? Like mm. your appendix ruptured. Um, I'm, I'm thinking epistemology. How do you say it? Epistemology? Epistemology it has the word piss in it. Yes. <laughs> do you piss out your ass? <laughs> no. <laughs> Only, only after I went to Kicking Crab that one time. <laughs> only, after, only after Taco Bell. <laughs> um, but uh, that term comes from uh, I've quoted, I've said it before from Kevin Garcia in his in their book uh, Bad Theology Kills, um, and I and I like it because you know for a lot of us who are deconstructing have I'm not going to say have deconstructed because it's a continuous process regardless of whether where you find yourself on the spectrum of believing in God or not. Um, it's a continuous thing that we're continuously always doing between con- reconstruction and deconstruction and vice versa. But um, in in their book, Bad Theology Kills, you know, like they he, they talk about this moment where they thought that they believed all these things 
about uh, Christianity, about their life, about their faith, about spirituality, about the divine, and all of a sudden now they don't believe that it's true as they were coming to grips with their sexuality and learning um, more about homosexuality and the church and gender and, you know, you name it. And and Peter Scanzetto, uh says that the wall kind of starts when, you know, we have like divorce, job loss, death of a loved one, a bad diagnosis, disillusioned church experience, which is I think many people listening to this right now, uh, along with betrayal, shattered dream, dryness or loss of joy in our relationship with God, which that was a lot for me. Um, and, it, and we begin to really question ourselves, God, the church, we, we discover that this is the first time that our faith no longer works, that we don't really understand what, like everything that we thought was true is ruptured and is, is not there. Um, and we begin to have more questions than answers. Um, but if, if you, I mean, not if, but everyone, I, I, I mean, I'm mm, trying to be careful with what I say here. So I might cut out this part, but, uh, I think, you know, regardless of if you find yourself as someone who believes in God still after deconstruction, or if you do believe in God, wherever you're at on that spectrum, uh, more power to you. I think we're, I think it's our own journey and what our own journey is, is our own journey. Um, and so you can call that moral relativism if you want. I don't give a fuck, but, um, for those of us, uh, for, for all of us, regardless, it is going to be defined by our relationship with God. Um, and because, you know, it's, we, we continuously go back and forth. I'm, and I'm sure that there are people out there who may have fallen, like not fallen away, who have walked away from Christianity altogether and, or God and said, nah, I don't believe in this shit. Um, and, but there may be times where they may go back. Um, I've talked to a few people who've gone through this process throughout their entire life. You can also read of a lot of people, uh, who've done that where, at one point, maybe in their 20s or late teens, they, they were like, nah, God's not real, Christianity's not real. Then eventually they come back and they have some sort of experience or they have some encounter with whatever or some sort of logic where they're like, ah, actually, maybe he is. And then they go back and they say, no, he's not. Like, it's a con- it can be a constant thing. Um, but also for those of, but for for people who uh, are on the other side of that where it's, I just don't know if I believe in God. It's, it's just a constant thing. Regardless, it's, it's a constant ongoing relationship whether it's a relationship of or a relationship without um and i and i think that that's that's important so um and i and i also think that like the fact that the dark night of the soul is something that has been discussed for so long uh, like deconstruction isn't anything new uh i've said this before and i use the word because it's the best word to kind of describe what's happening. Like right now we're seeing a global, maybe not global, but a nationwide deconstruction of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't have deconstruction without reconstruction. You just don't. Um, and reconstruction doesn't necessarily mean reconstructing back to Christianity or reconstructing back to Jesus. Reconstruction can very well mean just reconstructing what you believe uh, because you have to deconstruct everything you believe and kind of go to a ground zero in order to build onto that it's almost like if you imagine a house and then there's like a small part of it that's rotting away due to due to termites and so and this part that's rotting away is literally your deconstruction that you're taking out you're like this is rotten this is bad it needs to be out but this is also a support beam for the rest of the house which is your life so i mean you have to put something there it's totally. yeah you can't just leave it 
empty and void. I mean, you could you don't have to put like wood there if you don't want to. You could put put bricks there instead. You can put a steel beam. You could literally put any other structure in there, but it can't remain empty. Yeah, but do know that if you do put steel beams in there, that it cannot be melted by <laughs> Especially if you put steel beams. Oh, shit. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, totally. Like, you... Or if you're working with Legos, you know, you're playing with Legos as a kid, and you're trying to build something, you have an image in your head. Mm-hmm. If one thing is wrong, you have to kind of take it all apart to be able to go back to that part and be like, what? why is this wrong? And go back to it. Like... I think the irony of me preaching on the Dark Knight of the Soul was I found myself in one. Um, actually, I had just left the Dark Knight of the Soul by the time of preaching this, but when I chose it, I was in one. And now I find myself in a bit of another Dark Knight of the Soul only six months, uh, a year actually, later now, yeah. almost a year. And, um, and and the irony is there because uh, it's it was during my church job, like during sermons that I'm sitting there working on fucking tech because... You know, everything fell down onto me and one of the other pastors to do pretty much everything in that fucking church. That's how mm. church works, apparently. But, um, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's our responsibility until it's not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, there's so many issues with so much of that stuff. Anyways, um, it was listening to a few different sermons, uh, from the senior pastor where I. I started deconstructing different ideas. So mm. number one, it was an ask me anything series. And so someone asked about heaven, right? And, uh, the theology that they said on heaven, I don't just, I don't agree with anymore, but, yeah. uh, the, the senior pastor had mentioned that there are, uh, there are actually two words that are used. There's heaven and then there's paradise, um, heaven, uh, paradise. But it, I think the way he was talking was like, there's the new world to come, which is like heaven or some shit. And then mm. there's paradise which Jesus says to the thief on the cross tonight you'll be, or today you'll be with me in, in paradise, which is like a, I guess an in-between or imperfect thing is kind of what they were saying. And I, and I, that, that just got me thinking about a lot of stuff, you know, and then that got me starting to think about eternity a lot more. And then it started getting me to think about hell as I looked at the words used for hell, Gehenna, Hades, Tartarus, um, which those are all the words used for hell. Uh, and in the Bible, uh, I mean, there's a few more, uh, shale, um, and like deconstructing what do those mean, realizing that none of them at, well, I mean, Hades is kind of like the closest and Tartarus are, are the closest, I think, ideas that we have to our modern idea of what hell is. Um, and which then led me into deconstructing, do I believe in eternal punishment? Do I believe in that? Do I believe in that type of afterlife? Or do I believe that there's a world to come? And then it was during sermons that I started deconstructing Satan. Like he started talking about uh, Lucifer in one of them. And I was like, where the fuck does Lucifer... This sounds like medieval shit. Mm-hmm. Like all this good versus evil shit. This is all like, what the fuck is this? And I, <laughs> This sounds like reasons to justify a crusade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I looked it up and I was like, what the fuck is... Like, where is Lucifer in the Bible? Oh, nowhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> and uh, and so then I started deconstructing that even more. Of like, what the where the where did the Lucifer idea come from? Where did our idea of heaven and hell come from? And a lot of it came down to medieval theology. A lot of it came down actually specifically to Dante. Um, there are some people preceding him, but Dante was the one who kind of really uh, made all that famous. But the point of all this is is like deconstruction or the dark night of the soul can look like a lot of different things. And in my experience, 
um, it has looked a lot like not feeling super connected with God, not feeling if I can be connected with God because people around me aren't connected with God. It's feeling like I have to go to the far end of the spectrum. It's feeling like I have to question everything. It's feeling like I can't believe in anything. It's feeling like I can't sit there in a service and pray or do like sing some songs. I can't even sit in a sermon. It's like, it's, it, it for me, it had felt like there were expectations on me about deconstruction, which was similarly to the, to the expectations that are placed on me as a Christian. Um, and I think like, even just this morning, Jake and I are sitting in church, um, and, and which is ironic, uh, I guess, <laughs> but I'm sitting in a church and like, I'm, I'm talking with the youth pastor. And then I talked with a few of the other pastors that are there and talked to some of the, the lay people and just, um, and then even just seeing people interact, knowing that a lot of people in our church have gone through deconstruction and are going through deconstruction still or will in the future mm -hmm. and how they not only open that up, but also seeing where they've been at. Then I started thinking about some of the other people that have like prominent podcasts or books out there that have, uh, done some type of deconstruction and some of it being really deep yeah. and some of it being very hard and realizing, Hey, they all came to these different conclusions. And then there's other people that I know that have come to far conclusions and realizing, wait, does it really fucking matter where I end up? No. It, we all, we're all on our, on our own journey again, you know, and, and we all get to our own place. And Peter Scazzaro, as he's, as he's writing, he's kind of talking about how like in the dark night of the soul, in the wall, we can either make it or break it. And I had, um, it's actually a date that I was on recently uh, with uh, with someone that I used to work with at my old Nazarene church in Pasadena. Um, uh, nothing, don't worry, y'all. Nothing came of that. She's a great person. We're good friends, um, but she's very intelligent, like mm -hmm. very, very intelligent. And she had um, stated how she had a friend uh, that I used to work with at that church as well, who had gone through some really rough deconstruction, and it really birthed a lot of cynicism. Um, which cynicism, again, is the idea that this is bad and so nothing good can ever come of it versus a type of criticism, which is this is bad, but I'm going to work or there can be some good that comes from it. Yeah. Um, but like this friend completely deconstructed around nothing. Like they didn't deconstruct around anything. And when you deconstruct around anything, I think that's when it births a lot of cynicism, hmm. which if that's you, you're listening to this right now and you realize, oh shit, I'm cynical okay like no judgment but also like that's incredibly emotionally unhealthy like being cynical about anything no matter what it is is it hurts and i say that as someone who's been there it's not fun it, you you just don't feel like your best self and don't you want to be your best self um so figure figure it out what why the fuck are you cynical <laughs> why why is that happening go to therapy talk yeah. to your therapist if you have one Talk to some friends if you have one about how to get out of cynicism, but you don't necessarily have to come to the same conclusion as me. Just don't be cynical, yo. You don't have to be a sad boy. You can be a rad boy. I mean, I'm a sad boy. That's kind of my <laughs> but same here. Yeah, yeah. Sad boy, rad boy. So um, you can you can be a rad sad boy. You can be a rad sad boy. But I don't know. Cynicism is just this one of those things. That I just I Jake and I were talking before this. Like it, I I don't care where people are at. I truly don't. Yeah. As long as they're as long as they're making healthy decisions. Yeah. Do do what is best for you. Wherever that may be and whatever it might look like. Maybe that 
exists outside the church. Maybe it exists inside the church. Maybe it exists far, far away from the church. Like, as long as you find whatever you need to, like, to be able to take out that rotten plank that supported the rest of the house, but then you put, you need to put something there. You can't leave it empty or else the entire rest of the house is going to start to crumble and cave in on that one spot that's left unsupported. Yeah. So I think we've talked a lot about the outcomes or whatever, but well, I think it's important to talk about like, how do you know if you're in the dark night of the soul or deconstructing whatever? Uh, Cause again, I'm, I'm going to equate them. Um, so these are some of the things that Scazzetto says, you know, our good feelings of God of God's presence evaporate. Been there. Feel the door of heaven being shut as we pray. Been there. Uh, darkness, helplessness, weariness, sense of failure, defeat, barrenness, emptiness, dryness. Been there. Christian disciplines that once served us no longer work. Fucking been there. Um, can't see what God is doing and see little visible fruit in our lives. Also been there. Um, which he says at this point, this is kind of God's way of renewing and purging our affections and passions so that we can delight in him or whatever. And some people may, may disagree with this because they'll see God as kind of a sociopath uh, with some of this. And so like there, there are certain things or certain the certain phrasing that Schizero would say that I just strongly disagree with. I don't think God is a sociopath. I think, uh, I think we are more often than not. And I think people who've written things are more often than not. Um, maybe not sociopaths, but have just like a distorted view of this stuff. I think the dark night of the soul isn't really a sociopathic thing. Um, if we say God is love, God is peace, God is all that stuff, he's, it, dark night of the soul is kind of God's way of trying to get us to the next place. Because we can often start to rely on our on ourselves, which is great. Yeah. We have a lot of power, we have a lot of strength, we have a lot that we can do that is very good. Um, and that's very important. But there's so many times as well where um, we can do that too much and we allow for things like greed pride um narcissism a lot of that stuff kind of set in which as a society we kind of say a lot of that stuff too much of that stuff is bad it's kind of like the idea that this is like greed is like the love of having is too great it's good to want to have stuff it's good to have stuff Mm -hmm. but the continuous thirst and hunger for it is where you know you get into like some tricky territory because that can really fuck other people up Right, and so it's kind of like it's got like the way I see the darkness of the soul is it can it can be God's way of stripping that off and being like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I told you to love people and love yourself. And right now, you may be loving yourself, but are you loving people? No. Maybe in some areas, but in this area, are you? No. All right. Let me strip that off so that we can get to the next place. And I see that more of like a friend kind of having a hard heart to heart with someone and being like, bro, you're fucking up or dude, that's what you just did or said or whatever. Like that actually really harmed a relationship and we can't, we can't be doing that. Like that isn't, that isn't a thing that we do. So those are some of the signs of a dark night. Um, and he does, he does say like, it's, while it's important in general to be in touch with your feelings because to be in touch with your feelings is how you become emotionally healthy um the dark night of the soul helps you to not worship them which i think is the issue of much of the evangelical church um again i am specifically talking about the evangelical church because that's my experience is mostly with them Mm -hmm. um i haven't 
had a lot of experience with things that are not evangelical. Um, but I'm not going to say that it's not just the Christian church in general. Um, but regardless, they focus a lot on feelings and experiences and kind of manipulate them oftentimes to make people make choices like baptisms or an altar call or, uh, to serve or whatever. It's a lot of emotional manipulation. And so it's saying like, Hey, nah, don't worship your feelings value them they are important pay attention to them but don't worship them because yeah. that's fucking stupid um and then he, and then saint john of the cross also mentions that there are two types or two levels of the dark knight so the first uh which he says is the knight of the sense he said this is the one that all of us encounter as we journey with with uh christ with the christ um, it's kind of just like the general one. But then he says a second l- level, which is the Knight of the Spirit, is for a very few. This is this one is like, if you read um, Mother Teresa's final poems on her deathbed, this is like what she experienced. Or if we look at like, um, uh, uh, Judas kind of went through a dark night of the soul. I know we joked about that earlier, but he, oh, yeah. he, he went to the dark night of the soul that, that ended with him killing himself. Um, because the second level, the Knight of the Spirit, is very violent. And it is severe because we are dragged down and immersed again into a worse degree of afflictions, more severe, more darker, or more dark, or darker, whatever, and more grievous. Um, general. It, general grievous. Yeah, general grievous. <laughs> <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, no, 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 Kenobi. Uh, but he says, uh, the brighter and purer is a supernatural and divine light the more the darkness, the more it darkens the soul. So the brighter and purer is the supernatural and divine light, the more that it darkens the soul. Um, and I'm not going to say that there's any type of like hierarchy of there are just some people who are good and can do that. No, that's fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of a willingness that we have. I think everyone can go through this, but I don't think everyone is willing. Um, some people are for whatever reason. That's why we have free will. Um, and then he has four dynamics that, uh, he says you can use to determine whether or not we are making progress, um, or if maybe we have gotten to the other side of the wall. So the first one is there's a greater level of brokenness. So you no longer decide what is good or evil, but you leave that knowledge to God alone. So it's less judgment of others. Um, he says less sin, whatever. Um, less judgmental. Oh, less judgmental of sin. Yeah, so you don't give a shit about what people do. Um, less judgmental of the journey that people are on. Um, and then he quotes uh, Matthew 5, 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. From the Beatitudes. So he's talking about, uh, not about like physical poorness, but someone who is destitute of elevating themselves above others. So, kind of that pride idea. Um, and then he says, like, you know, uh, in, in, in general, people are, uh, on the other side of the wall, are free of judging others. So there's the word, the Greek word for, for judgment is krino. There's good krino judgment, which is kind of like judgment of character. Like saying, hey, dude, what you just did, not fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, condemnation, which who the fuck of us haven't been on the other side or been on the side of krino, bad krino judgment of condemning someone saying you're going to hell or you're just a fucking horrible person. You know, it's like that shame idea, like intense shame. Yeah. Uh, so that, so the second one, there's a greater appreciation for the holy unknowing or the mystery. So, uh, you know, who the fuck doesn't like to be in control of stuff? 
uh, we we all like to know what happens, what's going to happen, and so you know we do we do our own shit. We put our own time and agenda on conversations with God or whatever. Um, so essentially, the way I like to say this is, we treat God as a celestial vending machine. So I say, all right, God, I did all these good things, so now you're gonna do this. I put five dollars into the tithing box. Now you're gonna give me ten. And then sometimes it does it does start to dispense, but then it gets caught in the machine. And so you have to kick it a little bit to get it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like this idea of trusting God fully, um, especially and even if there are a lot of unknowns. So, uh, which is a hard thing to do. A lot of people don't want to do that. I get that. Uh, Thomas Aquinas said that this is the ultimate knowledge about God uh, to know that we do not know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a great thing to have. Like, there's a lot of times while I've deconstructed that I'm like, I don't know this and that's okay. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think one of the most memorable quotes and it actually came out of, believe it or not, a critical role, which it probably came from somewhere else before then, but it's just where I heard it the most recently is that, uh, whenever there is Whenever you are asked to do something and then there is an unknown that, but you still believe that you should go through with it, that is faith. And if there is, but if you were to know, then it is no longer, that is no longer faith. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of, it's kind of like the push and pull of the entire thing. You, the fact that you don't know means that you may or may not have faith. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's true. And yeah, and there could be also the faith in uh, what you believe might be true or whatever. But yeah, that's a good point. And, and uh, you know, the fruit of the wall is like this childlike, disp- uh, dependable or, de- uh, sorry, deepens love for mystery. So like a child, they're just going to ask questions freely, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to kind of believe in like this, like more mystical stuff. They don't know. Exactly. But they believe, and it's not like blind faith and all that other shit, but it's just being able to be okay with mystery. Um, exactly. It's like, how <laughs> how does Santa Claus live at the North Pole if the North Pole is just a bunch of water? He just does. He just does. But it's also like, so the, I think there's a difference between blind faith and also like brushing it off, yeah. you know, uh, or blind faith and brushing it off. It's like, you know, sometimes people are like, I don't know, and then they move on and they just don't do anything. Like... If I don't know something, I'm gonna fucking research the shit out of it. Yeah. And quite often than not, more often than not, when I do that, I have 15 more questions that pop up. I'm like, God, the <laughs> fuck, man? <laughs> Come on. You couldn't have just given me the easy answer. You couldn't have just said the answer's B on this one. No, nah, no. Nah, he said no. Nah, the answer is Q. Oh wait, shit. <laughs> Donald Trump is activated somewhere in the world. Did you say Q? <laughs> the, the answer to this the answer to this question was uh, either North America or South America, but you put down twenty seven. No, uh, you're right. I meant South America. <laughs> Rest in peace, Drake Bell. Aww. Uh, anyway, so the third one: uh, <laughs> a deeper ability to wait for God. So uh, the wall breaks our desires, driving, grasping, fearful self-will. Um, which I kind of disagree with some of the terminology in that. Um, but it tells us, but essentially saying it's a toxic 
type of self-will, like one that says that we have to always produce, always make something happen, or always get it done for God, which we discussed before the room of good intentions versus the room of grace. It's kind of that idea of trying to please God yeah. with everything that we do. And so it's just doing stuff for the sake of pleasing instead of the, for the sake of just fucking doing it and like trusting God with it. Yeah. Like, like, like that one asshole that is like, Oh, look at me, God. I've donated a thousand dollars to charity. It's Draco Malfoy. Yeah. It's being fucking Draco Malfoy. Fucking I mean, he became, well... No, he didn't. No, he had no redemption. Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. I like the actor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the actor is great. But yeah, he was on The Flash at some point. He was. Right before The Flash got really bad. <laughs> yeah, it was starting to get bad that season, but that season was so good because of him. Um, so, he, the last one, uh, this is actually the one that brought me to starting to read Richard Rohr and understand who he was, because the quote that I'm going to read a little bit by Richard Rohr is... Metal as fuck. Hell yeah. So, this one is the fourth way to see if you're on the other side or having, like, good deconstruction or whatever is a greater detachment. So you stop worrying about, am I happy or am I free, to am I growing in the freedom that God has inherently given me. Um, And he says that detachment is the great secret of interior peace is having peace in all situations and circumstances. So I think of, like, Avatar Aang. You know, the, air, <laughs> the airbenders, a lot of what they do is detachment, right? And what does detachment do? It allows them to be free to move through the air, move through the world, be nomadic, but also do the good that they were supposed to do. So Richard Rohr, the fucking metal quote that I love so much, is he says, there are... Uh, five truths in life, and this is a and and these these truths are what helps you get to a greater detachment. Life is hard because it fucking is. Mm-hmm. You are not that important. Your life is actually not about you. You are not in control. And you are going to die. And being able to detach yourself from the control and the responsibility that all of those can bring you. Of being like, no, I need to make life easy. I need to be important. I need to make everything about myself. I need to be in control of absolutely everything. I need to live forever. Mm. Which those are the very toxic other side of all that. That's where you get like narcissists who are now billionaires in space. Um, (laughs) And there's an entire song written about them. And there's an entire song written about them because they are so important. Um, But you get to the other end, like the detachment is saying like, I'm okay with life being difficult. I'm okay with not being that important. With my life being about something bigger and greater than myself. Without not being in control of everything. And realizing that one day, I'm not going to be on this earth anymore. Which sucks. But that's okay. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's when you're able to accept that, that you're able to say that, um, Scazzetto says that you're able to kind of be on the other side of it, that you're able to, um, stop pleasing God, that you're able to stop having this, uh, driving, grasping, fearful self-will that's telling that you have to do all this shit to being able to have true interior peace, um, and it doesn't sound easy. It often sounds quite difficult with all that. Um, and for people who are like, you know, I was told, 
being Christian was going to be easy because all these good things were going to happen. Well, um, I'm sorry people lied to you. Yeah. I'm sorry the pastors told you that or a church leader told you that. So, uh, so people who like preach, hey, once you become a Christian, everything is solved ever. Yeah. Sorry, Joel Osteen, you were wrong because Jesus actually said quite the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus kind of said multiple times, hey, life's going to kind of fucking suck. And it's like, hey, things are only going to get harder. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like um, one of my favorite quotes in um, the Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, and I'm going to equate this, but uh, uh, I think it's Sue is talking to Mr. and Mrs. Beaver and the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about Aslan being the great lion. And um, Susan says, well, is he, uh, is, he, is, he, is he safe? And Mr. and Mrs. Beaver says, of course he isn't safe. He's a lion. <laughs> but he's good. Yeah. Is life easy? Of course it's not easy. But it's good. It's God safe? I hope so. But he's also God. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess technically at any moment he could fucking make me just die. But, like, God <laughs> is good. And so the the thing is, like, although Aslan may look scary because he's Aslan, he's a fucking lion, mm-hmm. he is good. So he doesn't harm things that aren't, that aren't, aren't trying to harm him kind of idea, you know. And maybe that's an imperfect analogy. I don't know. I've had a couple beers at this point. Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah. You know, but the, the it, I guess the point of all of this is uh, the Dark Knight of the Soul, it's actually a very commonly quoted thing uh, by a lot of people. It's a common idea, kind of like the, um, you know, the hero's story uh, in a lot of literature kind of follows this Dark Knight of the Soul where there's something that happens that kind of breaks their, the character, you know? Um, and then they have to go on this big journey of trying to find themselves and discover themselves. And that's kind of like what deconstruction is. Deconstruction isn't necessarily just for you to be able to come back to God or whatever. I don't give a fuck. It's really a finding of who you are, discovering who you are, what you believe, um, who you believe yourself to be. Uh, and if, and if you're a follower of Jesus, who God says you are and like really figuring that out and like stripping yourself of the toxic traits that you've picked up. Not that you're bad, not that you're toxic, because you're not. But I think that because of free will, we are all we are all able to uh, find our way into things that just aren't healthy. Um, and I think we can all think of something that we do that is unhealthy, is generally unhealthy. Jake, please do not touch that. Okay. That is my external hard drive for my PS4, and if that gets unplugged, I'm gonna be really pissed. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because then it's going to be unsafely mounted. All my games will fucking disappear with all my data on it. Rip. Yeah, so don't 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 touch that, please. <laughs> Jake Jake is just sitting here trying to see what he can touch and looking around to see how everything works because he has ADHD. Yeah, ADHD, baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm not cutting any of that. <laughs> I'm leaving that all in there. I don't remember where I was. Jake, you can take it away. I don't... I've talked enough. <laughs> Uh, okay. Um. Like any, any other thoughts on Dark Knight? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> the Dark Knight. Um. Yeah, no, it's, it's always, it's always interesting to, like, because these were, like, ideologies that I think not only me, but a lot of people have just been, like, thinking about a lot without ever realizing that, hey, other people are thinking about all this shit too. You're not the only one who's like questioning everything 
that you've been told your entire life, and to only to find out that even though it seems like the Bible was used in everything that w- was taught to you if you grew up in the church, but it some of it was just based on something that someone made up and passed down from generation to generation, and it was just these ideologies that kind of got stuck, and it was never really actually biblically based, and it just warped your perception of not only, like, it warped your perception of not only just what people have been saying this entire time, but also everything you've been taught, even the stuff that has been true. Even the stuff that has been accurate, and I think a lot of, a, a lot of the things that, they, like really, fucked me up when I was beginning my deconstruction, uh, in, I want to say back in middle school actually, but uh, without realizing it was deconstruction, it was a lot of talk about, you know, homosexuality, especially since you know I was questioning a lot of things about who I was and what I identified as. And because of all that, like, I, like, there was a phase where I'm all, like, I, like, where I thought, maybe I'm, maybe I'm gay. I, I don't know, because I've never tried being in a relationship with a boy before. And, uh, and if I was, then would I, and if that's the way that I had to be, would I just have to stop being Christian? Or did, could I continue just being could I continue being who I was and still love God at the same time? Or am I just a lying to myself in this whole like dark pit that I find myself in? And it's just luckily like after luckily I found the answer was uh, not, it was all just a bunch of bullshit years later. True. (laughs) But, uh, but back then it's like I was I was thinking and suffering through all these things, and the only answer that I could ever get without outing myself, in a sense, was me essentially realize, like, I I couldn't talk about it. I just straight up couldn't. There was no one to talk to. The closest thing that I could do was, like, look up YouTube videos at the time. Or, like, try to Google it, but then, at the same time, every time I tried to Google or look up something, my parents had access to that, and they were, and they were, uh, on top of what I was looking up and what I was, uh, what I was doing on my, uh, on my, uh, devices, essentially. So you could not look up gay porn? No. Uh. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Someone which really which funny <laughs> from all the memes that I've seen. There, there's a lot from all the memes that you've seen, right? Yes. No, it's it's really funny. I we talked about it on Lawrence podcast that like I've, you know, I've tried porn before, never really did anything for me though. Mm. Uh, but it was always it was, the parts that I do remember were always like really like they they tried to put a plot into it and it's like why well, just get just cut straight to the thing that I want to see you know? yeah it's like all the fucking memes dude yeah I know but I love it <laughs> but I love it the memes oh yeah the memes are fucking hilarious oh no looks like I'm caught in this uh washing machine not in front of my salad. <laughs> 
Anthony, dude, what would Susan think? <laughs> it's like, who the hell is Susan? This isn't the ocean. This is a bathtub. <laughs> this isn't a beach. This is a bathtub. <laughs> I love that. Oh, God. Every time I see one of those on TikTok, it, kicks, it, kills, it kills me, bro. They're so funny. It's funny. But anyways, the point the point being, we've gone on long enough, I think, about this, but uh, I think our hope for everyone um, who listens to this, for the people who find themselves in our Discord chat or in our circles of whatever, is, um, like, I've, I know what the, I, I've, I've felt unhealthy deconstruction, cynicism, questioning, and I don't want others to have to go through that. Um, and so find something to deconstruct around, um, that, that girl that I saw, that I went on that date with, like she said, you know, if you don't deconstruct around Jesus, then you're deconstructing around nothing. And I, I think there's a level of truth to that, but I also want to leave room for people who don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. Exactly. I, I think it's kind of hard to, to, to say that Jesus wasn't a historical figure because we, we do have enough, uh, historical evidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's documents and shit yeah. that you can look the, up. There's, there's certain things that happen surrounding Jesus's death and, uh, burial and resurrection that, uh, psychologically are like, what the fuck, which is parts of why I'm like, all right, well, you know, if, fucking thousands of people all in different places all had a mass hallucination of Jesus, which is a psychological, like, anomaly. Um, well, that'd be something that, that's just me personally. Something had to happen there. <laughs> yeah, like, that's fucking weird. I don't know what it is. But anyways, point being is, I th- I think, like, when I was in high school, I, I deconstructed essentially around nothing, looked a lot into demonic shit, looked a lot into, like, some Satanist shit. Uh, and like watched a lot of Supernatural, which always fascinated me. Um, and just kind of like deconstructed around nothing or really not even deconstructed, just kind of walked away from a lot of the stuff it was like, God's not real. I don't, I don't think I believe in God or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once I started to reconstruct while I was at APU and started to understand like, Oh, the shit in the Bible, some of it's actually real. And it actually means something completely different than what's been told to me. Oh, that's that's fascinating. Wait, this is supposed to be a message of love? Yeah. Wait, oh, I, I did not know that. And then, and then now, you know, the deconstruction being around like, all right, who is the divine and is the divine what we've said they are for the last 2000 years or are they actually much bigger and greater than anything that we've ever seen? Am I bigger and greater than anything that we've ever been told? Is the person next to me are they also bigger and greater than anything that we've been told? Are, are we all inherently good? Wait, we all hold an image of the divine in us? Mm. The, the idea of Christ is a bigger idea than just Jesus. It's a cosmological idea that's existed since the beginning of time. What the fuck does that mean? Oh yeah. You know? And so, but for some people, they want to, they want to deconstruct around another religion. Um, no religion. Uh, they want to deconstruct around science, whatever, like whatever that is. I don't know. Point is, is find like a support group or not support group. Fuck that. Uh, find like support. Yeah. Um, while you're in it, find people and talk to them about it. Um, allow yourself to be challenged, challenge them. And it's hard, but also like give each other grace. Cause I think there are times where I'm challenged and it's hard for me to hear certain things because I don't quite know what I fully believe in those moments and vice versa. Thank you.
Jake, you know what I think we are? So I think, you know, in, in the Dungeons and Dragons podcast community, all right? Right. You have Dimension 20. Right, which is Brendan Lee Mulligan. They're funny. They're quirky. They're, they're, they're the funny, they're quirky good. ones. Yes. But they, and, but they go, and but then you have Critical Role. They're not funny and quirky. They're just rules, rules, rules. That's the way I see them. But I, I mean, they are. They they can be funny and quirky, but just not to the level of pure comedy that is Dungeons uh, and Daddies. Yeah, Dungeons and Daddies or Dimension Twenty. Even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Dimension Twenty. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then there's Nadpod, which is kind of like a good mixture, right? Oh yeah. And then there's Adventure Zone, which is the McElroys, who are yeah. fucking idiots. Um, and they're, they're no rules lawyers and they're just and yeah and I think we're the McElroys of uh, Christian podcasts or deconstruction podcasts <laughs> we're, we're the McElroys yeah, of we're, deconstruction we're the McElroys of deconstruction oh my god I mean are we wrong maybe I did like I, I don't know if like comparing ourselves to the McElroys is committing a podcast sin of some no, sort. no no we are not them but I feel like there's potential <laughs> there's a lot of potential there because we're not quite like Dungeons and Daddies where it's just absolute insanity. Okay, maybe maybe it is. Are we the Dungeons and Daddies <laughs> podcast? I mean, we are the, we are daddies in our own right. So That's true. I mean, I'm the depressed daddy, you are the deconstruction daddy. That's true. So. And I don't have a daddy, so damn. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I'm your I'm your remote. Hi. Well, we're going to restart re- restart the introduction before we get into it. Okay. Hi. I'm uh, your deconstruction daddy, Daniel, um, and I play the emotionally <laughs> detached stepfather, Daniel. <laughs> Hi, I'm your depression daddy, Jake, and uh, I'm the some dumbass. I don't know. Wait, wait, no, wait. Would I be? Would I be Daryl Wilson? I don't know. Never mind. This is <laughs> Why are we going on a tangent? About I don't know. Dungeons and Daddies. Well, you know how now many we have alcohol? Yeah. You know how many of our children? By the way, you're our children. Hashtag yeah. Aunt Army as well. Yeah. Uh, do you think our aunt's children are gonna <laughs> <laughs> saying that? <laughs> saying that out loud was fun. Do you think our aunt children are gonna listen to Dungeons and Daddies? Hey, I, you guys should. It's really funny. It's <laughs> it not. It's really not funny. Dungeons and Dragons. They don't. They they tried playing it for like five episodes, and all of the char- all of the players were like, "Fuck this shit." And it was really <laughs> entertaining. And then one of the characters got canceled this week, which is also really funny. So, yeah. um, speaking of which, Jake got canceled as of today on Twitter oh. by me. Shit. <laughs> because he put up he put up a ridiculous tweet. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm I'm looking at the entire thread because I think the thread the thread exploded. <laughs> Let's see what happened here. Well, no, you're saying like every friend group has uh what was it the, <laughs> the dumb one? Every 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 friend group has the dumbass, the dumbass, the dumbass, the dumbass, and of course the dumbass. You'll never guess which one I am, and then. And then the all all the replies are just uh, oh man. But but what I'm talking about is Jackson goes, um, <laughs> hello the Christian one, and I commented, <laughs> what up token? Oh yeah, what up token Christian? Said, what up token virgin? <laughs> and then uh, I forgot what happened. But anyways, Jake said, uh, what up by by yourself token <laughs> by yourself, and I said he got canceled. <laughs> what up token virgin? I'm crying in the club. Then leave the club, dumbass. I figured out who the dumbass in the group is. Oh, man. 
It's good. Follow at Lone Star Jake on uh, Twitter and at Help Us a Dear Lord. At uh, Lone Star underscore Jake. Oh, Lone Star underscore Jake. Anyways. So, uh, should we talk about what Kenneth's been up to? Yeah, what has Kenneth been up to? So, I, I, I don't think, because we literally, as the time of recording this, we recorded an episode literally yesterday. Uh-huh. So I, so I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, I, me neither. But I thought about it a little bit, and I realized that uh, out of all the times that we've known Kenneth, he's hit on a lot of girls. Okay. And has yes. failed very, very many times. And oh, so it's, I thought, it's entertaining. Oh, yeah. And so I thought I'd go through um, some of the uh, pickup lines <laughs> that, he oh, has, man. that he has used throughout oh, the years. No. And if you can think of any... While yeah. I'm going through these, see what happens. Like, uh... <laughs> and then, so one of the lines that he used was, uh... Now I know why Solomon had 700 wives. Because he never met you. Oh, <laughs> I think, I, I, I literally think I, we were at a bar once. Mm-hmm. Remember when we went to downtown Fullerton that one time? He literally went up to someone and got, like, one of those pamphlets from, like, a street preacher. Yeah. And decided he wanted to use that. He went to someone and said, hey, you want to talk about Jesus? <laughs> the girl said no. Yeah. And he was like, what the fuck's wrong with you, bro? And got, like, really <laughs> mad about it, but it was it was funny. <laughs> Is that... Uh, no, so last night I was reading the book of Numbers, and yep. I realized... I don't have yours. That's that's a classic one. That's it's, a classic it's one. Pretty, it's not terrible. He did go up to a goth chick once, and he said, did it hurt when you were kicked out of heaven because you decided to disobey God? <laughs> <laughs> did, did, it hurt, did it hurt when you crawled out of the depths of the underworld? He said that one, too. Yeah. That girl liked it. Yeah, I think they hooked up that night. Yeah, that that was a that was that was an anti pickup line. Yeah, that was an anti pickup line. It worked it was, pretty well for it, her. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't feel called to celibacy. <laughs> yeah, he said that. Yeah. 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 I have that written down. Uh, yeah, yeah, he he did say I don't feel called to celibacy. That was a pretty good one. Oh shit! I forgot he said this one. Look, you're le- nearly twenty two. Most Christians are three years into marriage by now. Just settle for me. That's what he used on uh, the girl that he eventually cheated on. Remember his ex? His yeah, his recent ex. His ex, yeah. Oh, God damn it. Wait, hold on. Oh, you man. must be an Egyptian because I'm a slave for you? That's just in poor taste. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I think he said that to a black chick. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, this is yeah. Not cool, Kenneth. Kenneth, you don't... First off, don't use the term slave. Like, what? What? Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. There's a lot wrong with that. I, I can't. I, <laughs> use, use prisoners with jobs. <laughs> <laughs> no! Oh, God, man. Shit. That's a quote from Ragnarok. God damn it. Well, you know what? I, oh, there's one thing that I did want to address. What? I think it's important. It's a not about Kenneth, but there's this thing that came out about Crew recently. Right. If you guys don't know what Crew is, they're typically more of a conservative uh, group. They do kind of like youth group outreach stuff, uh, college stuff, and that's a uh, CRU, right? Yeah, CRU. CRU, not GRU. He doesn't have goddamn yellow tic tacs in his basement. 
Yes, but I think they recently, um, I gotta look up the article real quick, but they, uh, there was this group that was, uh, that was with them, um, it, it, I think it was called Leash, Le- Leashes, or no, that's not it, uh, I'm gonna pause here because I'm looking for what the fuck it was called, do, 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 lenses, okay. So they were, they had this program underneath them called Lenses, which was like a group that was centered in critical race theory, um, where, like, and, and it was primarily created by BIPOC people within crew, mm-hmm. but they're staffed by crew. Um, and, but crew, you know, was a predominantly white organization, but, uh, we're going to talk about it in the future, but, uh, I think it's just important to at least address, um, that, Hey crew, if you hear this, you guys are fucking idiots. Yep. Because what they did was they, so uh, Lenses decided to remove themselves from crew, and I guess there were statements that said that it was unsafe for them, um, which means that it was like, you know, when you leave a church, they said, I'm, I'm just, I just feel like I'm being called elsewhere. Yeah. And the church says, yeah, well, they, they were being called elsewhere, which really means they were fired or they were let go because they disagreed with them, they challenged them too much, and they didn't really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like that idea that I, that I, that I could foresee. And there was likely some NDAs that were signed, non-disclosure agreements. Um, and hey, hey, oh, hey, hey. If, if a church tries to get you to sign an NDA, uh, you're in a cult. <laughs> Not even, well, that's most churches. Most churches and most Christian organizations have people sign NDAs. They just don't let you talk about it. Hey, well, because that's the whole point of NDA. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so uh, if you're I signing an NDA, yeah. don't sign it. Walk away oh, right then oh, and there. We're, oh, yeah, you don't have to take it. You don't have to sign an NDA. Oh, no, we, we will talk about it because I have a friend who had to have that happen to him. Um, and, uh, he is an avid whistleblower. Um, and so, uh, and he listens to our podcast and enjoys it. And so Hell you yeah. know who you are. We want you on the pod. We want to hear your thoughts on this shit. I, I want to give you a respectable handshake or whatever you are comfortable with. Uh, they live, oh, they might be down this area pretty soon. So, oh, okay. um, actually by the time we write the, we release us, he might already be down here, but, uh, yeah, he has some good thoughts on that. So, Hell yeah. Um, but, uh, ironically, I think we, who, the person, the group that we are thinking today for sponsoring this episode is actually crew. Um, oh, yeah? so yeah, yeah. Crew, crew actually reached out and they said that they wanted to sponsor an episode. Oh. Um, and so. The spo- sponsor in quotation yeah. marks. With yeah. an asterisk at the end, that kind of. Yeah, sponsor. no, I don't want to spo- I don't want someone to sponsor us without them telling, telling us the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or without us telling the truth. Yeah, yeah. We had to sign an NDA before we got the sponsor. <laughs> and we said, fuck you guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, cool. Well, on that note, um, we didn't say sorry, mom, uh, on the phone with her. Yeah. But, uh, well, I mean, we could say it now. Yeah. Or after we thank crew, I guess. Oh, yeah. Thank you, crew. Um, go sign up for their, uh, co- I mean, youth group, uh, I mean, college groups. Um, join them, work for them, be slave, I mean, uh, prisoners with, uh, compensation for them. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I, Hail sorry. to whoever's the pastor of that church. Oh, hail to, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and hail Satan, uh, don't forget, don't forget oh, to yeah, say yeah. Your, hell, your hell Satans, your snail Satans, your or, snail your, Satans. or your snail Santas, or, uh, no, 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 I don't want to make fun of that, I just am being a bitch right now, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking news. <laughs>
<laughs> oh man, oh man. Well, welcome. We are introducing a new segment to the show that is news or some shit. Fucking news. Yeah, fucking. <laughs> this is fucking news where we look at news shit that's happening in Christianity and all that other shit. And oh, if, it's that fucking news. Oh, Gabe's here, by the yeah, way. Yeah, oh, Gabe, Gabe's here, by the way. And if you Hi, really, howdy, folks. If you hear any background noise, it is because we are having a housewarming party right now, and all three of us were here, so we said, why the fuck not? Exactly. The house is very warm. It is way. very warm. It is I am very, sweating. very warm in here. I am sweating, sweating balls. Yeah, I've, I've had a bit of drink, but um, <laughs> this week... I don't need a drink. I People can't tell whether I'm drunk or sober. Either way, <laughs> that's 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 pretty accurate, and we're fully here for it. Uh, but today's news story, um, as of recording this, it is Friday, August twentieth. Uh, it has been exactly one day since the bonus episode of the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill came out, where they said we're going to talk about deconstruction, but we're going to center our story around fucking Josh Harris, another cis white male who is, uh, you know, the fucking idiot. Cis white <sighs> male. <laughs> Josh Harris. So some of you may remember that name because of the book that came out years ago and was popular called I Kissed Dating Goodbye. Um, if you grew up evangelical, you probably know it and you probably heard it and it was probably your life um, during the 90s. And I'm he, sorry. yeah, oh, I, I, first off, I'm sorry, but I guess you can listen to his apology. But anyways, <laughs> recently, if you did not know, he decided he was going to offer, well, I think it was a $250 um, deconstruction course. What? Yeah, unless you unless you were harmed by his uh, theology in that book, and in that case, you could use a certain code, and you would get it for free. <laughs> use code my balls hurt. <laughs> yes. uh, use code my balls hurt, and you get a free uh, deconstruction course. Um, again, led by a white celebrity pastor man. Sis yeah, and so you know I. This is heresy. It, it's heresy. Just, it's just fucking stupid. It's heresy. This this entire like movement of heresy. people deconstruction, this reformation, like the whole point is to move away from celebrity culture. Uh. The 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 whole the point is to listen to more women, listen to more queer folk, listen to you know the whole BIPOC community, and <laughs> and yet here's yet another white man who is like, hey. My my opinions matter, which to be fair, I guess that's what this podcast is as well, because Jake and I are white, although I am half brown, but I'm white passing. Um, so, yeah, you know, I'm just gonna leave it at that. But uh, <laughs> we we don't have an excuse. Yeah, we don't we but, don't have an excuse. Yeah, but yeah. we acknowledge it. We try to we try to lift up voices of other people who are people of color and queer yeah. and you know all that stuff. Um, while also just being fucking idiots. Um, but the point with all of that is Christianity Today, get your shit together. I'm fucking tired of it. Like, I liked your podcast. Now I don't. Come yeah, exactly. on, man! Yeah. You got, also, you, got to get, you got to get right. Yeah, don't charge people for talking about deconstruction. Yeah. Do it for free. And on Spotify, iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> and every other platform. And look up the Hixie Christian Podcast. Like, subscribe, share. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, leave a review. You know, five stars and leave shit. Review. Tell your mom. Tell your dad. Tell your grandkids. Tell tell your uh, tell your neighbor across the street that just moved in. Tell tell, uh, tell Josh Harris. Tell, tell Josh Harris. Tell uh tell the people at the church you used to work at or go to currently that are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, 
That's it for our news section. Unless, I don't know. That was the fucking news. So now we have our favorite, new favorite segment. Right. Um, Amen, Gabe Men. So um, here, listen, uh, here, here is a petty prayer from Gabe Gonzalez. Wait, but first, sorry, Mom. Oh, yeah. And sorry. I'm sorry I almost forgot to say sorry. <laughs> All right, here it is. In order to love God with your whole being, you must include your penis and your balls. Amen. <laughs> God damn it, <laughs> What a funny dude. Oh, wow. man. All right. That, that was the, fantastic. Probably the best one yet. Yeah, on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Amen, Gabe Man. <laughs> is the LaCroix of uh, alcohol and uh, if you don't believe me then uh, well (laughs) I don't know what you just said good but Jake is being a bitch today so (laughs) what am I not being a bitch true I'm going to open up my white claw get in a comfortable position it's not opening Oh, there we go. All right. But there is one thing that we're going to do on, on mic, and that's call my mom and wish her a happy birthday. <laughs> See if she actually answers the phone. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear mom. Happy birthday to you. Um, you are on mic uh, with Jake and I, yeah. uh, Daniel, and, and um, you're on mic. We are recording right now. Do you have anything you would like to say to your children or your grandchildren? Oh, um, should I yell at you for something? Uh, <laughs> you can. Things, you know? <laughs> what, what do you want to yell us yeah. at us about um, this time? Um, let's see. Um, Lauren? Did you have a good fun fact? Uh, I mean, we haven't said it yet. We, we, we haven't said it yet. We which, literally just hit record. Yeah, which this is a great <laughs> opportunity for us to think about what our fun facts are going to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Make sure you have your fun fact done and be prepared. And um, Jake needs to talk more. Quit being so quiet in the corner. Okay, fine. Did you listen to the last episode? Oh, wait, it hasn't come out yet. Oh, and, oh, it hasn't come out yet? No, 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 I'm talking, okay, sorry, I mean, last episode as of recording this was the one with Lauren. Oh, yeah. Or or the the ten minute one with just me. I mean, I did a lot of talking. Yes, I've, I've listened to all of those. Okay, what do you think of Lauren? I've listened to Lauren, and I can't wait to meet her. Okay. Lauren, you hear that? If you're listening to this, Lauren, Don cannot wait to to meet you. So yes, wait. I can't wait to meet my Queendom County. Awesome! I'm looking forward to it. Wonderful. Yes. So um, I can't think of anything. We're actually at a, at a Mexican restaurant called Azteca, and I'm having my favorite favorite meal ever. And um, we have our favorite waiter, and I've got 
five other girls here and we're just having a good time so well fun fact for you what is your favorite meal mexican meal my favorite meal here at azteca is called camarones blancos it's a um like a spicy or not not spicy but a jalapeno sauce that's kind of mild and so rice and it has camarones which is shrimp and uh, carrots and peas and it's very 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 good that sounds amazing i it's have really to get good. that next time i go to a mexican restaurant that has it yeah so I can't find anything like that in California, where we are. So people exploring, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, well, Anyways, enjoy the rest of your birthday. Yeah. What's that? Enjoy the rest of your birthday. Why, thank you very much. And enjoy your podcast and your recording. Right. And I hope you don't have any wild men screaming in the background because you moved, so that's good. That's true. We we don't have oh oh well, well I mean it may be my roommates that are now the wild men yelling oh, in the background. Exactly. But. but that's more fun and quirky yes. rather than what the hell is going on. Yeah. Right. And you can go and tackle them and tell them to shut up if you need to, so that works. Oh, yeah. Kinda, yeah, yeah. Well, I kinda like having them be there and doing their thing. It's pretty fun. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Anyway. Alright, well I'm gonna get back to my birthday food and I love you guys and um yeah. Cool. Thanks for the birthday song. Of course. You're welcome. Yeah. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Right. I'll call you later. Thanks, okay. All right. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye. Oh, we should have said I'm sorry while we we're on the phone. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Well, for <laughs> those of you who are listening at this point, um, make sure that you tell Jake's mom uh, happy birthday. Uh, it'll it'll be a few weeks or a month after. By the time this is released, <laughs> by the time this is released, it'll be my birthday. It'll be Jake's birthday. So say happy birthday to Jake. All right. <laughs> say, say happy birthday to your depression daddy. Yes. But, um. Oh, we should probably uh, start this off the right way. Um, I, I I had a feeling that this might be just cut around and whatnot. <laughs> It might be. It might be. Or it might just go in raw. Well, just the way we like it. One, two, three. <laughs>